Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is renovation lending and why lenders should add it to their product mix. I have the perfect expert, Ed Rogers. He's currently manager at Built Technologies. Prior to that, he was with Caliber, Wells, and Bank of California in renovation lending. Hi, Ed. Good afternoon, Pat, and thanks so much for the opportunity here. Well, this is a hot topic, especially as refinancing is fading away eventually, about lenders adding a product that really they don't do often. Talk about that a little bit. Why has that happened, and what is the challenges that lenders perceive with renovation lending? Yeah, that's a great question. And I tell you, as as, as uh, refinances dry up, as you mentioned, right, renovation lending is a great, really kind of incremental product offering that can really help lenders set themselves apart in the marketplace, right? It's it's not that much different from what they do every day. There's some nuances, of course, around the projects and the contractors, but it's like a normal kind of Fannie Mae or, or FHA kind of credit package and credit qualifying. But the key thing is it probably cuts close to maybe somewhere between 85 and 90% of the transactions we do in renovation are purchase transactions. And they're not as rate sensitive as other programs are. So it's a great opportunity to really set yourself apart in the marketplace for a significantly and sorely needed product in the marketplace to really address some of the challenges that, that lenders face in terms of the inventory that's out there right now. So, Ed, what's the issue as far as lenders and originators are concerned? And you've been doing this for a long time and have seen it at uh, independent mortgage bankers, have seen it at banks. Why is it that it's perceived as being so difficult uh, from a lender's viewpoint? The perception of just the challenges and the, and the, and the potential pitfalls that, that could occur with renovation loans. But generally speaking, with the proper policy and procedures in place, they're not that much difficult. They're, they're not much more difficult than regular loans. They're just a little bit different. And really, I think where the challenges lie is really in the collateral components of the transaction, as well as the contractor validation components of the transaction. And once you understand those two pieces, right, the credit piece is identical to non-renovation. So it's really about understanding and managing and executing through the collateral pieces and the contractor validation pieces of the transaction and tying it together at the end and closing the transaction effectively. And, so and being able to kind of manage and drive those three processes, the credit, the collateral, and the contractor pieces that happen in parallel, and to be able to manage those, drive those forward as quickly and efficiently as possible, and tying them together at the end and closing the loan. So there are a lot of perceived kind of challenges in this space, but you know, part of my objective in, in doing what I'm doing in my current role is to hopefully remove some of those you know, kind of perceived challenges and, and, and really get more people involved in this industry and in this particular portion of lending out there. It's a huge opportunity. So Ed, talk about the collateral part and why that is always perceived as being so much more difficult. Well, yeah, so the really, I think whether the value proposition primarily around the renovation homes, right, whether it's an FHA 203K or Fannie Mae home style, is the fact that it enables buyers to purchase and close on properties as is regardless of their condition, right? From just minor, you know, minor upgrades and updates to the property to even properties as far as you know, halfway burned down, right? Renovation finance can take care of those kinds of things. But the challenge is, again, in the collateral piece, right? Because really what happens is when we're doing an appraisal on a renovation, we're not appraising the property in its current as-is condition. We're appraising it in its finished condition. 
So part of the origination process is to ensure that you have the proper bids and the comprehensive work and scope of work and budget that's going to complete the project to get it back to moving condition and the upgrades and updates to the property as well. And that can be a time-consuming process if it's not done properly as far as kind of assembling the collateral, getting all the pieces in place to make sure that the property, that the project is compliant. And, but, but just with some basic understanding and some basic workflows, you can make it happen much more efficiently, much more effectively. Talk about the appraisal side of it, because obviously the appraiser is the key component of it. Yeah, I would say the appraiser is a key component, but the key component, as you're, as you're alluding, is, is the property, right? Sure. Really what happens, I always like to compare it to a, a regular loan, right? If Let's say on a purchase transaction, if I'm a home buyer and I go into contract today, then the lender I'm working with is going to order the appraisal today, in addition to gathering all the other credit documents and other necessary contractual documents to close that transaction. But with a renovation loan, you can't order the appraisal until you have at least the initial draft of the scope of work and bid in hand. Right, Because when you order an appraisal on a renovation, let's just say it's a renovation purchase transaction. When you order the appraisal on a renovation purchase transaction, you're actually giving the appraiser two things. You're giving the appraiser a copy of the purchase contract, and you're giving the appraiser a copy of the detailed scope of work and bid for all the work that needs to be on the property as well as work that you want to do on the property. And when you're ordering the appraisal, you ask the appraiser really not to appraise the property as is, but to appraise the property as if all the work that's spelled out in that bid were done. So you're doing the appraisal on really an after any or subject to condition of the property. So really the timeline issue there is typically when folks go into contract on a property that needs renovation, they're not going to have our bid and scope of work in hand when they go into contract. It normally takes a week or two, ideally, after they're in contract to get that bid and scope of work in hand. Because really the way I look at it is any lender that's doing renovation loans there's no reason that you should not be able to close a renovation loan within 30 days of ordering the appraisal. So it's not a question of how quickly you get in contract. It's how quickly do you have that bid and scope of work in hand, right? So because once, once that happens, you should be able to close. You know, so if you get a bid and scope of work in hand within, say, two weeks of going into contract, you're typically closing that within 30 to 45 days. Now, if it takes a month to get that scope of work and bid in hand, add another 30 days to that that's when the kind of the, the timeline can get extended and you have to be careful. So really it's that it's very important to be successful in the space is to understand the process, drive the process to ensure that your contractor is providing the bid and the bid and the scope of work is being and the appraisal is being ordered on a timely basis to ensure that you're meeting the close of escrow date on that transaction. So Ed, talk about and what I've typically have seen is that you'll see certain originators will do those that product then other originators just won't touch it. And likewise, from a lender standpoint, some lenders seem to emphasize the product and other lenders really don't. Why has that happened? And what do you think is the best combination since you've seen it at different types of companies? No, I think it's a great question. And I think really, I think the, the folks that do, the lenders that don't do it, originators that don't do it are either, you know, intimidated by it or simply don't offer because of, again, the perceived complexities of it. But but they're missing out on a significant market opportunity out there. In fact, when I was originating with Wells Fargo Home Mortgage, the majority of leads that I got as a renovation lending specialist, I did that exclusively. I didn't do regular, I couldn't do regular loans by guideline, but I was a renovation specialist. But the majority of the loans that I got were referrals from folks that were pre-approved with another lender, very happy with that lender, but that lender didn't offer the renovation program. And they were therefore the best way to facilitate the property they're in contract with was it a renovation loan and their lender didn't offer it. So they came to me. And that's just really a key thing. I think that 
because really, if you look at kind of the bigger picture, I think this is where the, where the opportunity is really, is as I mentioned earlier, right, the credit qualification on renovation loans compared to rent to non-renovation loans is exactly the same. So in other words, if you, let's say you're a conventional conforming buyer and you're pre-approved for a $400,000 purchase with 5% down, okay, that's a $20,000 down payment, $380,000 loan on. If that same buyer finds a property that needs a $300,000 property that needs $100,000 of the work, that's an effect of $400,000 transaction. And that's basically exactly the same structure as if it were $400,000 house in moving condition. 5% down or $20,000 down payment with a $380,000 loan amount for the same thing. So really what happens is, you know, if a lender typically offers, say, for example, the FHA 203K program and the Fannie Home Style, which is what most renovation lenders are offering out there, really what that means and translates into is virtually every FHA buyer that they're working with that's out there, pre-approved buyer looking for a home, and virtually every conventional conforming buyer that's out there looking for a home, virtually every one of them is also approved for a renovation loan. They just don't know it. So there's all kinds of opportunities as far as properties to consider that can be addressed with renovation loans that cannot be addressed, certainly, with non-renovation loans, right? Properties in less than moving condition, major issues, major problems. Mm-hmm. Practically anything can be overcome with renovation financing in terms of condition of the property. What would you say is the potential size of this market that really lenders need to have an, a really a reopening of their thinking towards it? So how is the, how large yeah. is this market? Well, I think you have to look at the existing housing inventory, right? I think the median age of housing is 41 years old right now. Mm. New house construction is not keeping up with demand, right? So everybody needs to look to the existing inventory, which is aging and continuing to age, obviously, right? So... That's really the power of renovation loans in general is the fact that it enables you to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there with properties that perhaps are less than moving condition or have issues or problems that the general buying public is avoiding because of their condition. As I mentioned earlier, the property can be in practically any condition and you can facilitate that transaction to purchase, close, and renovate that property with renovation financing, it would be a 203K or family home stock, right? So in terms of just the opportunity, it's significant and frankly underutilized in the marketplace, but it is becoming more and more prevalent as the inventory out there continues to age and the changing house buying demographics and and needs as well with, you know, people working from home, multi-generational housing and such. We're seeing an emerging need for that across the industry and renovation financing can facilitate a lot of that type of stuff. So when you look at it from your viewpoint, and certainly you've seen it as an originator and what you're currently doing. You're bringing technology into this space. Why don't you talk about how that operates or what it is that you think would be making it more efficient? Yeah, there's several components, and that's a great question. Thanks for that, Pat. Yeah, so with Build Technologies, right, what we're doing currently is in a nutshell, right, we're leveraging technology to help construction and renovation loan funds move much more quickly, effectively, and compliantly within the, the contracting of the, the construction ecosystem. That's one of the key things post-close when you, when you close on a, on a property, a renovation loan or a construction loan. One of the challenges is the difficulty, the challenges in getting draw administration funds paid to the contractors, subcontractors, up and down the, the food chain, if you will. And that is kind of a continuous source of frustration. And, and Built is really largely solving that by leveraging technology to enable people to enact and transact online in real time to make the very transparent process for borrower and builder, move funds faster, move funds more compliantly. In addition to that, one of the things we're really working on is, as I mentioned, there's such a significant opportunity out there for renovation and construction financing. Why aren't more people doing that? 
Well, we're trying to, to we're building tools and resources to really pave the way to make the origination of construction loans and renovation loans significantly more mainstream than they currently are. And that's going to help lenders, it's going to help home buyers, builders, and it's going to help us address our housing challenges in terms of inventory that are existing out there, as we discussed earlier. So how is it that, and I think this is, I'm interested in hearing, how is it that you would be making it, I guess, easier for a loan officer to operate in that market or a lender? You know, it really is, is understanding kind of the critical path. Really, I, at the end of the day, I always try to oversimplify this, right? I say mm-hmm. There's always three components to, to renovation and construction loans, but just focusing on renovation, for example. As I mentioned earlier, we've got three components to every renovation loan done out there. The credit component, the collateral component, and the contractor component. The credit component is generic, right? It's no different than non-renovation, as I mentioned earlier. The contractor acceptance or contractor validation Hopefully that's a formality. We want to check references, check insurance, check their credentials to ensure that they are, you know, have the proper experience to do the subject project, as well as a property credential, the sort of licenses and, and insurance and that sort of thing, and references check out, right? So credit piece and the collateral piece are generally pretty generic, um, pretty quick as well. The collateral component is the piece that really is the most challenging, right? And that's where the assembly of the collateral and driving the assembly of that collateral forward in an efficient way, understanding what's needed and executing on that to make sure that you're basically assembling a program compliant collateral package with speed and efficiency as well. That's the, really the trickiest part, the critical path of renovation loans and construction loans really goes through the collateral assembly process. So we're building some tools and resources to help really kind of drive that process more efficiently and more effectively. So again, more people can get into this line of, of lending and expand the market opportunity in the in the general uh, general economy as well. So, Ed, I know that you spoke about this before, and one of the experiences that I have seen is that actually, since we do a lot of training on the processor side, that we've seen processors specialize in it, and they become kind of the leverage point for the loan officer. Talk about what a lender can do that they really need to look at it from that viewpoint, which I think sometimes they don't. You know, it's really, it's a great question. And it's like, if I were to, you know, if I were, if, if a lender came to me and said, hey, how do we open a, an effective kind of renovation lending platform? I always say, start with the operations team, right? Get the operations team, the underwriting team, the processing team, the funding team, get them trained in understanding on the comprehensive, you know, program offering and how it works and the mechanics around that and enable the operations team become to become your internal champions of generating this production. Because that's a little more complex on the, I wouldn't say complex, but a little more diff, different, of course, when you're processing a renovation compared to regular loans. So if you get the processing, underwriting, and funding, and draw administration that kind of buttoned down first, and then offer it to, of course, your sales team, your sales force, your loan origination force, that's what I've seen most work most effectively in, in bringing this kind of product in-house with companies, right? It's because if you've got the operations team behind you that's, that's helping you drive and execute effectively, then the origination process becomes much easier, no question. So I have seen it where lenders specifically do, in other words, they've been separate lenders that this is all they do versus an incremental part of a lender's business. Has that worked the best or is that just old thinking? No, I, I wouldn't say it's old thinking. I think it really is what's, what works best for you. And it was, when, when I was originating at Wells Fargo, for example, Right, due to a number of reasons that basically they said if you're, you know, if you're certified to do renovation loans, 
I think the first part of that was driven by Dodd-Frank in terms of disclosures and such, that if you're certified to do renovations, you have to make a choice now, right? You either become a renovation lender exclusively mm-hmm. or you just do non-renovation loans exclusively. You can't do both. So that really actually created a nice uh, kind of a referral program within Wells Fargo, within the sales team right. that they would have to refer potential renovations to that renovation lending specialist. And we've seen other places where you train a, a, a sales force and train all of them or train a, a more of an extended sales force, you know, with different certification programs for them as well. There's no, I, there's no one answer that fits best, but the key thing, like I said, where, I, where I've seen some of those kind of larger, you know, a bigger reach in terms of loan officer population that can originate these, the key thing is you have a solid renovation specific operations team behind that group. Right. So once the loans originated, they hand it off to that renovation specialty team internally mm-hmm. and they can take the ball and run with it, perhaps on the collateral and the contractor side, while the loan officer originate or handles just the, the, uh, the credit side, which they know and, and they understand well. Right. It's a, a variety of, com- of ways to kind of combine, you know, to, to, to combine workflows to, to become efficient in this type of business. So the last question that I have to ask is so from what you've seen as being more successful is on the ops side that the processor, let's say, would be someone that is doing 100% of that type of loan or are they typically doing other loans too? Yeah, we, we, really we were seeing the most success is when you do have dedicated certain processors right. that handle this kind of business. And I, I, who knows if they're doing that exclusively, but certainly specialize in that because they're helping assemble the pieces with the contractor acceptance and the, contra- and the collateral piece as well. And they also have to have some, some basic understanding on the underwriting side, right? If you're focused on the FHA sure. and the Fannie Mae Homestyle, or FHA Tuipertie and Fannie Mae Homestyle, right? Those are those are two programs that are underwritten within the you know the Fannie Mae DU program, the AUS system, right? So those are very um, you know acceptable programs within the AUS. But it's really having the, the underwriter have a basic understanding of, of the collateral and what, what you're looking for and what you're doing, right? Because really, at the end of the day. You know, what's different about a renovation loan, say appraisal underwrite compared to a non-renovation appraisal underwrite, for example, is on a renovation loan, you're asking the appraiser two things, right? Tell us, Mr. and Mrs. Appraiser, what's the after-renovated value of this property? Mm-hmm. Number two is tell us, Mr. and Mrs. Appraiser, once all the renovation work is done, that's, that's spelled out in this bid that's incorporated in the report, once all this work is done, will this property meet minimum lending standards at a minimum? And if so, great. If not, why not? And mm-hmm. being able to navigate and, and, and assess properties from that perspective, it takes a little bit of training, but not that much different than a non-renovation, actually. And just a few, it's not significantly different. Just have to understand the basics of renovation and what the renovation program objectives are in order to effectively underwrite these files as well. Mm-hmm. So we only have a few more minutes left. What would you say would be some of the takeaways for our listeners today? A lot of times, I think lenders tend to overthink the complexities around renovation when in fact they're not that much different than what they're doing every day right now. As I mentioned, you know, the credit qualification on a regular FHA loan compared to 203K loan, the credit side is identical. Right. Same thing with conventional conforming. The credit con- conventional conforming renovation qualification, renovation loan credit qualification is exactly the same as non-renovation. So really the renovation programs are just a derivative of what they're already doing as far as credit packaging and, and, and that sort of thing, and underwriting guidelines around credit side. So it's just getting a better understanding of the collateral piece and the contractor piece. And, and Built has many tools and resources that can help lenders do that as well during the pre-close process, help vet contractors, 
do you know planning cost review on projects as well pre-closing and pre help assess the property and the project overall so there's some value add there but just getting a basic understanding of that is really what's key and again taking advantage and solving a significant problem in the marketplace with respect to inventory and opportunities out there well, it's a great product for sure. And I do think I agree with you. I think it's a great opportunity for lenders. And I want to thank everybody for listening today. And I want to thank Ed, Ed for sharing his wisdom on this important topic. And I certainly appreciate all of you spending your time with us. Thanks so much, Ed. Thank you very much, Pat. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.